0: Everyone and welcome to the final Jurassic HR podcast for 2020. My name is Andy Evans and I'm going to be taking you through a very unique subject on this edition. On December the 24th on Christmas Eve at the 11th hour, a deal was made between the UK and the EU in respect of Brexit. The 1200 page long document was approved as we said at the final hour. It does have many implications for everyday life and our future relationship with our partners in Europe and other countries. Now, I'm not gonna go through all 1200 pages of this document, but what I am gonna do is look at some of the bigger aspects of the trade deal and touch on how they may impact us as a nation. The full copy is available on the Gov website and we will put a link to that In the narrative, so you can download a copy of it, or you can go to our website at JurassicHr.com and download your own copy in resources. So, before we crack on with the show, let's touch on some of the contact details. Now, if you would like to get in contact with the show, you can do. uh, You can email Andy at JurassicHr.com. You can visit the website at JurassicHr.com, search Facebook or Twitter at JurassicHr, and join the conversation. Um, plus, you can call us 07873874478. That's 07873874478. We are currently running a 30 minute free HR audit where you can book directly from the website, a 30 minute slot. Once we've had that call, we will then go away and come up with a bespoke package designed just for you and for your business. Also, on January the 14th, we are running a webinar. It's HR for non-HR managers. It starts at 2 p.m. Tickets are available via our website uh, or via Eventbrite. So please join and I look forward to seeing you all at the webinar, which is ideal for non-managers, new managers, uh, team leaders or small business owners. Okay, so that's the advertising done. Let's crack on with the show. So, the EU deal has been split into several different sections. So let's firstly look at trade. Now, there's going to be no extra charges on goods or limits on the amount that can be traded between the UK and the EU from the 1st of January. But what there will be is extra checks at borders. Now, this could be safety checks and customs declarations. So businesses that rely on transporting goods to and from the EU will need to be ready. And that's one day away. For services which include finance, which is extremely important to the UK economy, the situation is still unclear. Services will lose their automatic right of access, but the UK have said the agreement locks in market access across all sectors. And there will no longer be automatic recognition of professional qualifications such as doctors, nurses and architects. So the trade has kind of given us some of the aspects that we were expecting and others that we didn't. But then we move on to travel. UK nationals will now need a visa for stays of longer than 90 days within the EU. That's in a 180 day period. And there will be extra border checks for UK, pa- pass- uh, UK travellers, excuse me, EU pet passports will now no longer be valid. British travellers will still be able to access emergency health care in the EU uh, if they have a European health insurance card or an EHIC card until it expires. Now, according to our government, they will then have to be replaced by a UK global health insurance card. And it is worth contacting your insurance companies for more information on how that transition will work. The UK and the EU will cooperate on fair and transparent rates for international mobile roaming. But... There is nothing stopping British travellers being charged for using their phone within the EU, and also vice versa. So the days of free data or free calls within both our net, both our countries, using our networks, uh, potentially is over. One of the biggest areas that caused a lot of controversy in the run up during the negotiations was that of phishing. The government wanted. of fishing, uh, fishing value to come back to the UK. However, that has not happened. The UK will become an independent coastal state and it can decide on access to its waters and to its fishing grounds. So we take back ownership of our waters. However, EU boats will be able to fish in the UK for some years to come at least. 25% of the value of the current catch will now become available for UK fishing boats. But there will be a transition period of five and a half years where that's actually phased in. After the transition period, the UK and the EU will then regularly negotiate on access to each other's waters. The UK will no longer be bound by judgments made by the European Court of Justice and that was confirmed by Prime Minister Boris Johnson during his televised announcement on Christmas Eve. Now what that means is that decisions made in our courts will be made by our courts. No longer can they be escalated up to the European Court of Justice. It also means that the UK now have full control over our laws and our legislations. So if we wanted, for example, to change working time directive, that would be something that we could do. If we wanted to change aspects of GDPR, that is something we could do. And we would no longer need to go to Europe to get consent or go through European Parliament. However, the likelihood of that happening, in my opinion, is actually quite slim. That would be a mammoth undertaking for this government and future governments to actually start doing. But as HR professionals, what we need to do is consider the what-if scenarios. So if laws can be changed, if working rights can be changed, what contingency plans do we have in place within our organisations in order to work around those requirements and be ready for any changes that may come down the line. In relation to security, an area which we're all obviously concerned about following Al-Qaeda um, and the Islamic State, <clears throat> <excuse> me, <clears throat> the UK will no longer have automatic access to key databases, but we should be able to gain access upon request. We will also no longer be a member of Europol, which is the EU's law enforcement agency, but we will have a presence at their headquarters. Now, this arrangement is similar to that of which the US currently has. In relation to study, the UK will no longer participate in the Erasmus exchange programme That's an EU scheme that helps students study in other countries and in its place will be a new scheme named after the mathematician Alan Turing. Students at universities in Northern Ireland will continue to participate in Erasmus as part of an agreement with the Irish government. So we have a deal. We have a deal in Prime Minister Boris Johnson's view, that takes back control of our sovereignty. Businesses and consumers, though, are going to face a mammoth amount of additional barriers to trade after the 31st. So just looking at some of the other aspects which we haven't touched on, they were the four main areas. Cars will face special restrictions. Gasoline or diesel vehicles will need to be made with at least... 55% 55% of local content to escape tariffs. In aspects of a level playing field, uh, now this was actually one of the most trickiest parts of the negotiations. Both sides are committed to upholding both environmental, social labour and tax transparency standards to make sure that they really don't undercut each other. The deal doesn't include ratchet clauses uh, that force the UK to stiffen its rules in lockstep with the EU. Instead, it includes a rebalancing mechanism. Now, this means that either side will be able to retaliate with tariffs if they diverge off the agreement too much. Now, such methods or measures shall be restricted with respect to their scope and the duration to what is strictly necessary and also proportionate in order to remedy the situation. That's as per the agreement. Any retaliatory measures will also be subject to arbitration by an independent panel and not the European Court of Justice. Both sides will be prevented from giving an unlimited state guarantee to cover a company's debts or liabilities. And in line with EU law, the UK will not be able to rescue a failing firm without a restructuring plan and any aid to failing banks will have to be the minimum necessary to help it wind down. And both the EU and the UK will have to disclose the subsidies that they award. In terms of data flow, So this deal includes a temporary solution to keep data flowing between both the eu and the uk until the bloc has adopted a data adequacy decision now this bridge period starts on the date the new deal takes effect and will last a minimum of six months or it will end as soon as the eu's data adequacy decision has been finalized now that's expected to happen in early 2021 Personal data that is shipped to the UK during this interim period shall not be considered as transfer to third country under EU law, the document says, adding that the UK has to suspend its own transfer mechanism. If the UK applies a new transfer tool to ship data to a third country during this period, it should, and I quote, be as far as is reasonably possible, inform the EU both sides are committed to upholding the highest levels of data protection standards and to ensure that cross-border data flows to facilitate trade in the digital economy without imposing limits on where that data can be stored or can be pro- processed the uk eu agreement could be suspended if either side breaches their agreements to the commitments as was agreed in the 2015 paris agreement on climate Now finally we're going to look at business travel because business travel is one that really will impact the UK. The UK and the EU have agreed that short-term business visitors won't need to hold work permits or undergo any economic needs tests. Those that are classed as managers and specialists will be allowed to stay for up to three years and trainees for up to a year. Individuals visiting to set up businesses will be permitted to remain for as long as 90 days in any six-month period according to the deal. And then finally, we've talked about no longer being a member of Europol. Um, In terms of extradition, now the UK has said there will be similar cooperation on extraditions to that between the EU and Norway and Iceland, but, and I quote, with appropriate further safeguards for individuals beyond those in the European arrest warrant. An arrest warrant may not be refused on the grounds that the offence may be regarded as the executing state as a political offence, as an offence connected with an offence or an offence inspired by political motives. And where extradition isn't possible, there will still be a path to justice in every case, requiring EU countries to refer cases to prosecution. So this is a nutshell of what the EU-UK deal is. That was a high level overview and there is still so much that we do not know about how this trade deal is going to impact UK trade, UK economy, EU trade and EU economy. It's all going to be coming out over the next 6 to 12 months. What we do know is that the member bloc have agreed the EU deal. So on the European Union side, it's all been agreed. As of the 30th of December, UK MPs are going to be recalled back and they will need to vote On the validity of this deal so it does not yet mean as of this recording on the 29th of december that we have a deal but it does look extremely likely it's going to go through keir starmer the leader of the opposition has said that labor will back the deal meaning that if all mps get the whip they will make sure it passes And then at one minute past midnight on the 1st of January, the deal comes in to force. The UK will now be an independent sovereign state with no commitment or no membership to the EU. What happens after then is anybody's guess. It's going to be an interesting ride and we want to be here to help you all the way. So are you confused about what's happened with this EU deal? Are you confused about what you can do for your businesses? What restrictions are going to be imposed? How you can even trade with the EU? Well, here at Jurassic HR, we can help. As I said at the beginning, my contact details will be in the narrative, but email me, andy at JurassicHR.com. Visit the website, JurassicHR.com, to book a 30-minute consultation and we will speak together and work out a way for you to have HR services to continue for you to be compliant and not have any detrimental effect due to the Brexit deal and the UK leaving the EU. Now, one other thing before we go, I am very excited to announce brand new service to Jurassic HR and that's Jurassic Coaching. As of January the 1st, Jurassic Coaching will be launching, which will be a 60 minute power hour. Where you can talk with me about any issues that you have. It's a complete open conversation for you to come and discuss any issues, any queries, any problems, and together we will work through. Following on from the power hour, we can move into a more formal coaching arrangement, and that in terms of pricing and offers will be discussed. More information is on our website. Just search for Jurassic Coaching. Thank you again for joining us for this additional episode of the Jurassic HL podcast, looking at the trade deal. Uh, I've hoped you enjoyed it. Thank you again for your support over 2020. And on behalf of myself, my team and my family, I wish each and every one of you a very happy and prosperous new year. All the best for 2021. See you then. Thank you.